Chapter Four of Craddock Knoll, Volume Three by Richard Doddridge Blackmore. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Lynn Thompson. Chapter Four. What is lovelier? Just when autumn throws her lace around us and begs us not to begin to think of any spiteful winter, because she has not yet unfolded half the wealth of her bosom, and will not look over her shoulder when we take that rich one gaily for her gifts of beauty what among her clustered hair freshened with the hoar-frost in imitation of the spring all fashions do recur so tell us what can be more pretty pearly light and elegant more memoried of maidenhood than a jolly spider's web see how the diamonds quiver and sparkle in the september morning what jeweller could have set them so all of graduated light and metrical proportion every third pre-eminent strung on soft aerial tension as of woven hoar-frost and every carrying thread encrusted with the breath of fairies then crossed and latticed at just angles with narrowing interstices to a radiated octagon the more we look the more we wonder at the perfect tracery then if we gently breathe upon it or a leaf of the bramble shivers how from the open centre a whiff of waving motion flows down every vibrant radius every weft accepts the waft slowly and lulling vibration every stay rope jerks and quivers and all the fleeting subtlety expands contracts and undulates yet if an elegant spider glide out exquisite many dappled pellucid like a scotch pebble or a calceolaria with a dozen dimples upon its back and eight fierce eyes all up for business the moment he slips from the blackberry leaf all sense of beauty is lost to the gazer because he thinks of rapacity and so i fear john rosedew's hat described in the air a flourish of more courtesy than cordiality when he saw mrs corklemore gliding forth from the bend of the road in front of him although she had left the house after him by the help of a short cut through the gardens where the rector would no longer take the liberty of trespassing she contrived to meet him as if herself returning from the village oh mr rosedew i am so glad to see you cried georgie as he tried to escape with his bow what a fortunate accident indeed said john not meaning to be rude but unwittingly suggesting a modified view of the bliss ah i am so sorry but you are prejudiced against me i fear because my simple convictions incline me to the low church view that hit was a very clever one no other bolt she could have shot would have brought the parson to bay so upon his homeward road with the important news he bore i assure you mrs corklemore i beg to assure you most distinctly that you are quite wrong in thinking that most truly i hope that i have allowed no prejudice upon such grounds to dwell for a moment with me then you are not a ritualist and you think so far as i understand you that the low church people are quite as good as the high church i hope they are as good still i doubt their being as right but charity is greater even than faith and hope and for the sake of charity i would wash all rubrics white if the living are rebuked for lagging to bury their dead how shall they be praised for battling over the burial service 
mrs corklemore quick as she was did not understand the allusion mr rosedew referred to a paltry dissension over a corpse in oxfordshire which had created strong disgust far and near among believers while infidels gloried in it it cannot be too soon forgotten and forgiven oh mr rosedew i am so glad that your sentiments are so liberal i had always feared that liberal sentiments proceeded from or at least were associated with weak faith i hope not madam the most liberal one i have ever read of was god as well as man but i cannot speak of such matters casually as i would talk of the weather if your mind is uneasy and i can in any way help you it is my duty to do so oh thank you no i don't think i could do that we are such protestants at coo nest forgive me i see i have hurt you you misunderstand me purposely said john rosedew with that crack of perception which comes like a chapped lip suddenly to folks who are too charitable or else you take a strangely intensified view of the simplest matters all i intended was oh yes oh yes i am always misunderstanding everybody i am so dreadfully stupid and simple but you will relieve my mind mr rosedew here georgie held out the most beautiful hand that ever darned a dishcloth so white and warm and dainty from her glove and pink muff lining mr rosedew of course was compelled to take it and she left it a long time with him to be sure i will if it is in my power and you will only tell me how it is simply this she answered meekly dropping her eyes and sighing i do so long to do good works and never can tell how to set about it unhappily i am brought so much more into contact with the worldly-minded than with those who would improve me and i feel the lack of something something sadly deficient in my spiritual state can you assign me a district anywhere i am sadly ignorant but i might do some little ministering feeling as i do for every one if it were only ten cottages with an interesting sheep stealer oh that would be so charming can i have a sheep stealer i fear i cannot accommodate you the parson was smiling in spite of himself she looked so beautifully earnest we have no felons here and scarcely even a hen stealer though i must not take any credit for that every house in the village is sir craddock knowles and mr garnet is not long in ousting the evildoers oh sir craddock poor sir craddock here she came to the real object of her expedition oh mr rosedew tell me kindly as a christian minister i am in so difficult a position have you noticed in poor sir craddock anything strange of late anything odd and lamentable mr rosedew hated to be called a minister the dissenters loved the word so and even the great john had his weaknesses i trust i should tell you the truth mrs corklemore whether invoked as a minister or asked simply as a man no doubt you would of course you would i am always making such mistakes i am so unused to clever people but do tell me in any capacity which may suit you best it was foolish of her not to forego that little repartee whether you have observed of late anything odd and deplorable anything we who love him so 
here she hesitated and wiped her eyes though sir craddock nowell replied mr rosedew slowly and buttoning up his coat at the risk of spoiling his coxcomb frill is no longer my dearest friend as he was for nearly fifty years it does not become me to speak about him confidentially and disparagingly to a lady whom i have not had the honour of seeing more than four times including therein the celebration of divine service at which a district visitor should attend with some regularity if only for the sake of example mrs corklemore i have the honour of wishing you good morning although the parson had neither desire nor power to pierce the lady's schemes he felt by that peculiar instinct which truly honest men have though they do not always use it that the lady was dishonest and dishonestly seeking something else had he never uttered a speech so unlike his usual courtesy as for poor simple georgie she was rolled over too completely to do anything but gasp then she went to the gorse to recover herself and presently she laughed not spitefully but with real amusement at her own discomfiture being quite a young woman still and therefore not spay longer and feeling a want of sympathy in wanting for dead men's shoes mrs corklemore who had some genius if creative power prove it if guinere not guigni be taken as the test though perhaps it requires both of them that sweet mother of a sweeter child if so much of the saccharine be admitted by chancellors of the exchequer themselves men of more alcohol what did she do but devise a scheme to wear the shoes ipso vivo and put the old gentleman into the slippers how very desirable it was that nowelhurst hall and those vast estates should be in the possession of some one who knew how to enjoy them and make a proper use of them poor sir craddock never could do so it was painfully evident that he never more could discharge his duties to society that he was listless passive somnolent somnambulant perhaps she ought to say a man walking in a dream she had heard of cases more than that she had actually known them sad cases in which that pressure on the brain which so frequently accompanies the slow reaction from sudden and terrible trials had crushed the reason altogether especially after a certain age what a pity and it might be twenty years yet before it pleased god to remove him he had a tough and wiry look about him in common kindness and humanity something surely ought to be done to relieve him to make him happier nothing rough of course nothing harsh or coercive no personal restraint whatever for the poor old dear was not dangerous only to make him what she believed was called a committee in chancery there she was wrong for the guardian is the committee and then mr corklemore of course and mr kettledrum would act for him at least she should think so unless there was some obnoxious trustee under his marriage settlement that settlement must be got at so much depended upon it probably young cradock would succeed thereunder to all the settled estate upon his father's death if so there was nothing for it except to make him incapable by convicting him of felony poor fellow she had no wish to hang him she would not have done it for the world and she had heard he was so good-looking 
but there was no fear of his being hanged like the son of a tradesman or peasant well when he was transported for life with every facility for repentance who would be the next to come bothering why that odious eoa as for her she would hang her to-morrow if she could only get the chance though she believed it would never hurt her for the child could stand upon nothing impudent wretch only yesterday she had frightened georgie out of her life again and there was no possibility of obtaining a proper influence over her there was hardly any crime which that girl would hesitate at when excited what a lamentable state of morality she might be able to choke amy rosedew her rival in bob's affection but no that would never do too much crime in one family how would society look upon them and it would make the house unpleasant to live in there was a simpler way of quenching eoa deny at once her legitimacy the chances were ten to one against her having been born in wedlock such a loose wild man as her father was and even if she had been why the chances were ten to one against her being able to prove it whereas it would be very easy to get a few hindus or coolies or whatever they were to state their opinion about her mother well supposing all this nicely managed what next why let poor sir cradock live out his time as he would be in her hands entirely and would grow more and more incapable and when it pleased god to release him why then thou and zeba divide the land and for the sake of her dear little floor she would take good care that the kettledrums did not get too much this programme was a far bolder one than that with which mrs corklemore had first arrived at the hall but she was getting on so well that of course her views and desires expanded all she meant at first was to gain influence over her host and irrevocably estrange him from his surviving son by delicate insinuations upon the subject of fratricide at the same time to make eoa do something beyond forgiveness and then to confide the reward of virtue to obituary gratitude could anything be more innocent perhaps we should say more laudable what man of us has not the privilege of knowing a dozen christian mothers who would do things of nobler enterprise for the sake of their little darlings but now upon the broader gauge which the lady had selected there were two things to be done ere ever the train got to the switches one was to scatter right and left behind and before and up and down wonder hesitancy expectation interrogation commiseration and every other sort of whisper confidential suggestive cumulative as to poor sir cradockas condition the other thing was to find out the effect in the main of his marriage settlement and this was by far the most difficult already mrs corklemore had done a little business without leaving a tongue print behind her in the distributory process and if mr rosedew could just have been brought after that rude dismissal to say that he had indeed observed sad eccentricity growing strangeness on the part of his ancient friend why then he would be committed to a line of most telling evidence and the parish half bound to approval but john's high sense of honour and low dislike of georgie had saved him from the neat and neatly baited trap 
That morning mr. Rosedew's path was beset with beauty though his daughter failed to meet him Inasmuch as she very naturally awaited him on the parish road When he had left the chase and was fetching a compass by the river along a quiet footway elbowed like an old oak branch Overlapped with scraggy hawthorns paved on either side with good intention of primroses there just in a nested bend where the bank overhangs the stream and You would like to lie flat and flip in a trout fly about the end of April over the water came lightly bounding and on a mossy bank alighted young Eoa Noel To and fro that's the way I go don't you see uncle John I must only the water is so narrow it scarcely keeps me in practice then your standard my dear must be very high i should have thought twice about that jump in my very best days you indeed said eoa with the most complacent contempt eyeing the parson's thick-set figure and anterior development nevertheless replied john with a laugh it is but seven and forty years since i won first prize at sherborne both for the long leap and the high leap and proud enough i was eoa of sixteen feet four inches but i should have had no chance that's certain if you had entered for the stakes but how could i be there uncle john don't you see thirty years before i was born my dear i am quite prepared to admit the validity of your excuse tyrio cotherno child what have you got on Oh, I found them in an old cupboard with tops and whips and whistles and I made mother Biddy take them in at the ankle because I do hate needles so and I wear them not on account of the dirt but because people in this country are so nasty and particular and now they can't say a word against me that's one comfort at any rate she wore a smart pair of poor Clayton's vamplets and a dark morning frock drawn tightly in with a little of the skirt tucked up and a black felt hat with an ostrich feather and her masses of hair rolled closely as the bright color shone in her cheeks and the half-light outsparkled the sun in her eyes john rosedew thought he had never seen such a wildly beautiful and yet perfectly innocent creature well i don't know he answered very gravely about your gaiters proving a palladium against calumny but one thing is certain eoa your face will to all who look at you but why don't you ride my dear child if you must have such rapid exercise because they won't let me get up the proper way on a horse me to sit cramped up between two horns as if a horse was a cow me who can stand on the back of a horse going at full gallop but it doesn't matter now much nobody seems to like me for it she spoke in so wistful and sad a tone and cast down her eyes so bashfully that the old man who loved her heartily longed to know what the matter was Nobody likes you Eoa. Why everybody likes you you are stealing everybody's heart My Amy would be quite jealous only she likes you so much herself I am sure I have more cause to be jealous of her some people like me I know very much but not the people I want to do it. Oh, then you don't want us to do it? What harm have we done, Eoa? You don't understand me at all, Uncle John, and perhaps you don't want to do it. And yet I think you ought to know, as a clergyman of the parish, but I never seem to have right ideas of anything in this country. 
tell me my dear said mr rosedew taking her hand and speaking softly for he saw two great tears stealing out from the dark shadow of her lashes and rolling down the cheeks that had been so bright but a minute ago tell me as if you were my own daughter what vexes your pure heart so very likely i can help you and i will promise to tell no one oh no uncle john you never can help me nobody in the world can help me but do you think that you ought to know that depends upon the subject my dear not if it is a family secret or otherwise out of my province but if it is anything with which i have to deal or which i understand oh yes oh yes because you manage you manage all all the bands of matrimony this last word was whispered with such a sob of despairing tantalization that john although he was very sorry could scarcely keep from laughing you need not laugh uncle john you wouldn't if you were in my place or could at all understand the facts of it and as for its being a family secret ever so many people know it and i don't care two pice who knows it now then let me know it my child perhaps an old man can advise you the child of the east looked up at him with a mist of softness moving through the brilliance of her eyes and spake these unromantic words it is that i do like bob so and he doesn't care one bit for me she looked at the parson as much as to say what do you think of that now i am not at all ashamed of it and then she stooped for a primrose bud and put it into his buttonhole and then she burst out crying upon my word said john upon my word this is too bad of you eoa oh yes i know all that and i say it to myself ever so many times but it seems to make no difference you can't understand of course uncle john any more than you could jump the river but i do assure you that sometimes it makes me feel quite desperate and yet all the time i know how excessively foolish i am and then i try to argue but it seems to hurt me here and then i try not to think about it but it will come back again and i am even glad to have it and then i begin to pity myself and to be angry with every one else and after that i get better and whistle a tune and go jumping only i take care not to see him there you are quite right my dear and i would strongly recommend you not to see him for a month as if that could make any difference and he would go and have somebody else and then i should kill them both well done oriental now will you be guided by me my dear i have seen a great deal of the world yes no doubt you have uncle john and you are welcome to say just what you like only don't advise me what i don't like but tell the truth exactly then what i say is this eoa keep away from him altogether don't allow him to see you even when he wishes it for a month at least hold yourself far above him he will begin to think of you more and more why you are ten times too good for him there is not a man in england who might not be proud of you eoa when you have learned a little dignity somehow or other none of the rosedews appreciated the garnets yes i dare say but don't you see i don't want him to be proud of me i only want him to like me and i do hate being dignified 
if you want him to like you do just what i have advised so i will uncle john kiss me now or make it up oh you are such a dear don't you think a week would do now end of chapter four